you know, I keep hearing the term civil war being thrown around all over online. And all I want to say, I just want to clear the air. I am not for a civil war. I am never for a civil war. I'm, I'm channeling my inner Johnny Cochran when I say that. I'm never for a civil war unless it's among comedians. Uh, there's too much there's too much division in comedy. You have one side battling for one th- their kind of comedy and then another thinking that their type of comedy is superior and I think that it's all going to culminate in a, a giant not not a prolonged like drawn out battle that lasts a period of 5 to 6 years, just one giant fight in the middle of a soccer field. One of those comedy gyms comedians are always talking. Empty that out and just just go at it. No, there's too much. It's it's always between the alt comics over here, so the PC sort of hipster comics, and then the edgelord comics, the ones that always want to be offensive and everything. And th- there's not enough in between. You know, you got the alt comics, all they do, you know, they go up and they're like, white men are the mold on society's personal pizza. And then you have the edgelord comics, and all the you know they just suck the air out of the room. They go, "Well, what's rape?" You know, like what? What's the deal? What's old? The patriarchy. What is that? A piece of furniture? You know, you know. So they just want to get up there, and um, oftentimes, like there's there's goodness in each. Eh, not really. Like I like more offensive humor, but it oftentimes on both ends is very one note. And you know where they're you know where they're going. You can see it from a mile away. You can see the punchlines coming, whatever. And I think that it's it's going to end in something not good, like a civil. It, it, there's going to be a civil battle of some kind. The, the comedy Gettysburg is upon us, and not just in one city, in in all over the place: New York City, Los Angeles, London, Toronto, Vancouver, uh, Akron, Ohio. I don't, I don't know what their comedy scene is like, but I'm sure there's some LeBron loyalists who want to go up and take the stage and, you know, some boisterous personalities. Probably some insufferable performers as well, but there's funny everywhere, I guess. But I think, I think it's going to happen. I think you're going to have just the alt-comics going against the edgelords. They're going to get a general for each, you know, whoever rides the hardest for that style of comedy. Then they're going to get a command center. So the, the alt comics are going to naturally be in a coffee house or someplace with drapes. And then the edgelord comics, the, you know, the alt comics, they, you know, they, they don't necessarily need a command center. They're probably going to do it all by Zoom because they're very cautious with the corona thing. And then the edgelords, they fuck like if if they could all huddle naked just as a middle finger to the alt comics, they, they would do it. So they're going to get these command centers, and the general's going to pick his his captains, or her cat, whoever, whatever the fuck you are, whoever you, you if you're a leader, if you're the, whatever you are. They're going to pick their captains, and then they're going to pick a location and a date. What time are we meeting? And by the way, there's going to be no deadly weapons in this battle. This is all hypothetical, by the way, for anyone listening. There's going to be no deadly weapons. There's going to be no guns, no knives, just, I guess, mic stands 
blunt objects. Mic, mic stands, okay? Hey, if you ride hard for comedy, you have a mic stand somewhere. Should be in your closet next to the vacuum and the spare bottle of whiskey. And if you don't have a microphone, you know somebody who does have a microphone. You know, some guy in a corn band, a corn cover band, white guy with dreadlocks. This applies to both the alt comics and the edgelords. You know, there's, there's somebody in your life who fits that profile. Yeah, and they have, a mic, they have a mic stand either in their home or locked away in a storage facility because they're in, they've been in jail for the last six years for drug conspiracy. And once they get out, they never want to see any musical instruments or stereo equipment again because all their band members are enablers. And if they reoffend, they're not just going away for six years. They're, they're going, they're in for the long haul, ladies and gentlemen. So you're going to get a microphone from either your closet or Jonathan Davis Light. And you're going to take it and then you're just going to, you're going to go. You're going to go to battle. And it's not going to be pretty, people. Like, you know, we, we think that, you know, the image of comics all in a field whacking each other with microphone stand might evoke laughter. But it's going to be carnage beyond anything that we've ever imagined. Braveheart-level chaos. It's going to be insane. It's gonna, we're, we're going to be seeing... You're, you're, if you take part in this battle, you are going to see things that are going to haunt you for the rest of your life, that are going to stay with you, etched in your memory, until the day you die. You're just going to have people whacking each other. There's going to be a guy with a flail, probably, you know, a, a wired-up mic. He's going to be swinging that around, hitting people in the face. And, you know, an alt-comic's going to be crying for one of his moms. You're going to have an edgelord comic screaming for one of his buddies who's fleeing, like, bros before hoes, man, bros before Where are you going? Where are you going? We got a fight here. Unity. And then there's going to be people sneaking in weapons. Alt comics are probably going to bring fucking incense or sage or whatever and let that off, and people are going to pass out. It, it is an odor that takes you by surprise. The alt comics, one of them, one of the edgelord comics is going to call in an airstrike. It's the weirdest, most on-edge people that usually have military connections. And it's uh, it's going to be ugly. Oh, and by the way, I will not be taking part in this whatsoever. In any way. I, uh, I don't know. I have other obligations. No, I'll probably be watching from a place of safety as it all goes down. Uh, but I will not be involved. I, I get queasy at the sight of blood. Uh, oh, and I forgot to say, uh, whoever wins the battle, whether it's alt-comic or edgelord, uh, their type of comedy takes over, okay? So the losing side has to adopt the winning side's comedy. So you're going to see alt-comics, should they lose doing dead baby jokes or AIDS jokes, going up there, they're going to get so frustrated, one of them's going to drop a slur eventually, and everybody's going to go, what? Like, holy shit. All the edgelords are like, we're not even doing that. What are you? And it's going to be the person you expect. 
the person on stage just talking about whatever, and you go, yeah, they, they like to water it down, but we know what they're thinking. And then the funniest is going to be if the Edgelords lose and the alt-comics win, it's, it's you're, you're going to have them in like some cabaret room dressed up, uh, forced to dress up as like a cucumber, and they're going to get up and just do something really ironic with that. Like, you're just going to see a guy. In a, how funny would it be if you saw one of these edgy fucking with barbed wire tats all over and a Jordan Peterson tramp stamp, and they're just going, my body, my choice, carrot. Something along those lines. I think it'd be fun. I don't know. I'm kidding. I don't want anybody hurting each other. It just seems like everything's getting so heated online that it's going to end in something bad. You you constantly just you look at what people are saying to each other and you go, there's no there's no way this ends well. And it scares the shit out of me. Cause I don't want anybody around me <laughs> anymore. I just want to get up on stage and, and talk about growing up in suburbia and whatever shitty repetitive stuff I do. And it, like, I, who am I to talk about a civil war? I, I know nothing about. I've never been in the military. I know I have no combat experience. I was never a fighter growing up. I played StarCraft as a teen. Some would say religiously. It got to the point where it was a little obsessive and unhealthy. I uh, I would pretty much be in there all weekend. I wasn't going to parties. I was just, I, I was, it was me in, in the world of Tarrant. And I was up against Zerg and Protoss. I, I was mainly Tarrant. I, I experimented with all races, which is an, an odd sentence now that it's come out of my mouth. But I experimented sometimes with Zerg and Protoss. Zerg and Protoss were the two alien races where Terran was human. So I would play Terran because it was it was cool because they had like the big robot like uniforms that they would get like and they were huge and they were really cool. And I, I would just I would waste the day away playing that. I would play online before online gaming was a phenomenon. I would be playing kids from Korea to Ukraine to I guess El Salvador, wherever. I don't know if they're big into the StarCraft down there. But my point was I was I was immersed in the world of sci-fi gaming. I wasn't a Warcraft guy. I was that's more fantasy. I was I was the StarCraft. I was I mean, physically I was in a room in my parents' basement where there was a Lion King poster and as well as a picture of Paul Newman that my dad had, not really sure why, and it was on the ceiling, which made it more creepy. But I was in this room, physically there, but in my mind, I was in space, battling aliens. At that point, hadn't made out with anyone yet. That was not for a couple of years. But it was fun. I would, uh, I would play, and I would hit... Uh, eventually, I would type in Power Overwhelming, which was one of the cheats, and I would take over. Hey, some would say I took the easy way out, but this is war. There's no time for diplomacy when your entire... When your entire base is under attack by by zergling queens, hive monsters. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Back to just the comedy thing. I was uh, 
There's there's just too much, okay? Like, comedy can be different things. I like edgy, blue humor, dark humor, shit that's offensive, shit that kind of makes you go, did that person just say that? You know, I grew up listening to guys like Burr and Louie and Chappelle and Chris Rock and Patrice O'Neal. So I, th- that's the kind of humor that I gravitate towards. But I all, that doesn't mean that I don't like the other shit that's about almond milk. Or that doesn't mean I can't respect, I don't like it, but it doesn't mean I can't respect it. I don't think there's any type of comedy that needs to be phased out. If you want to do the PC shit, go ahead and do that. If you want to do the offensive shit, do that. But if I like the dark humor, I I should also stand up for the the hipster humor. Even if I don't necessarily like it, if I'm not a fan of it, I still I still got to stand stand up for it. And you're seeing less of that. There's other comics who feel that way, but you're, you're, I, I'm seeing less of it online. And I would have thought the quarantine would change that. I would have thought people would come out of here, come out of this with a broadened perspective of life, realizing that life and the way it's going can come to a screeching halt very quickly. And there's more to things than just people's views on shit. But I couldn't have been wronger. I feel like somebody should slap me for how much of a miscalculation that was. So it's been a wild week. Uh, There's no other segue for that other than it's been a wild week. Uh, There's been a very polarizing figure in the news, a person who's been controversial for, some would say, decades. But this week, something happened that a lot of people didn't like, and then certain people probably enjoy. He's been a person who's, you know, he's been polarizing for his um, his treatment of women, his treatment of authority and the powers that be. And of course, I'm talking about Dr. Dre having a brain aneurysm. It's been tough. Uh, I, yeah, I like uh, Dr. Dre is a craftsman, and as an innovator, incredible. Uh, complicated, uh, less than stellar dating history, if I'm going to put it that way. But as as an innovator and as a producer and as a rapper, whatever you want to call him, DJ, however he started out, uh, there, there's no one really like him who's elevated himself to that level of like a fucking mogul. Like think about it, just some of the people that you admire, whether it's Snoop, whether it's Ice Cube, 50 Cent, Eminem, they, they, would no, they would be nowhere if it wasn't for Dr. Dre. And it was cool to see guys like Snoop and Cube posting pictures and show, showing their support. Dre and Cube have always had a, they've had a complicated history. They're, they're pretty cool now, I think. I'm acting like I fucking know them. I, they're, they're good now, but it was turbulent for a while. I saw the Straight Outta Compton movie. I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, there was no detail left out of that biopic. Nothing that would paint. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you had a well-rounded, very transparent view of who Dre was. <laughs> no, they cut a lot of shit out in favor of making him look like uh, look like a hero. For that, I'm surprised. Did I, did Eminem say anything? I, I'm I'm fucking I'm I'm saying this like there's somebody else in the room that that can look this shit up. I don't know if Eminem said anything about Dr. Dre, uh, like wishing him well or anything. 
because Eminem talks about Dr. Dre in pretty much any interview he does, even when it's not called for. Like, Eminem will be talking about, like, if, if Eminem was talking about his dating life, if, if, if the interviewer was like, so Marshall, are you like, you know, are you seeing anybody? I know, I know you're twice divorced, but, you know, are you seeing anyone now that you're almost 50? And he'd be like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I've been on these dating sites and shit, but I haven't, like, like, been going steady with anybody. I mean, really, the last person who I was ever physically attached to was Dre. Like, when you think about it, I mean, and then he goes into this whole spiel of just, like, how he started, like, the same fucking story for 20 years. Like, yeah, I was at the Hip Hop Olympics in 98. And uh, this uh, A&R guy said, hey, yo, you got a tape, man. And I, I threw him a tape. And just like nonchalantly, like I was so fucking down that I had lost my battle. And I had to go back to Detroit with my head hanging low and shit. And I like had to tell my daughter and shit. But uh, the next thing I know, this A&R guy is giving my tape to like Dre. And Dre's flying out to California. And I'm going like to his house and shit. And I'm... I'm like, and when I say like Dr. Dre is locked in his basement, that wasn't just like a rhyme that I had in, in the real Slim Shady. Like he literally locks himself in his basement. The two of us got locked in. At one point, the AC was not working and shit. Like we were suffocating and I said, yo, Dre, let's go out for some air. And Dr. Dre said, this is, this is how much of a fucking genius Dre is. He was like, dude. Uh, I know you're dying right now, but like put that into your music. So go in the booth and talk about how you can't breathe. And next thing I know, rock bottom is recorded. And it was it was amazing. Like that's like Dre is on like wizard level of of genius, you know, like he's he's that intelligent with the producing. If you have a bullet wound in your chest, he will literally say, write a 16 about it okay that that blood represents your sweat and i know like you may be sweating also right now but that sweat represents your blood like it's it's into you know so that like he was a genius and then at one point we ran out of food and dre would not like order more food and we couldn't go upstairs i'm like yo i saw a pantry up there when i came in it was the size of a fucking walk-in closet. Like, can we go up and, like, have some fucking Taco Bell and make a sandwich, an empanada of some kind? And Dre's like, no, we we are not eating, yo, until, like, we finish this fucking album and shit. You gotta be starving if you want, if you, if you want food, man. You gotta be starving if you wanna eat, bro. So I ended up just eating spare breadcrumbs off the floor and shit. And I, I was not happy because I wanted whole wheat and th that was white bread from one of Dre's sandwiches. I was on like a gluten-free diet because I had a publicist who was like, yo, you, you, you're like famous now, Marshall, so you need to like drop 60 pounds. And But anyways, like Dre saved my life and like that was, anyways, we ended like, we ended up like making out and shit. So yeah, I haven't been seeing anybody on Tinder And the interviewer will be like, okay, well, that's new. Can you, can you go back to the making out part? 
Uh, I think I have an exclusive. No, so uh, Dr. Dre, uh, get well soon, I, I guess. Uh, I'm glad to hear that he's all right. Um, glad to hear he's okay. Wildlife he's had, but um, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, I always try to, when, whenever I'm recording on any podcast, I try to do... I try, I try to add a story from my high school years or something from my early 20s or even as recent as maybe a year ago to get people engaged. Something funny about me makes me more transparent. And I remember uh, – and, and something that at least incorporates or, or translates into something that's going on in, in, in the current world. And I remember when I was in high school, we had a food court that me and my friends would always go to. And it was a place uh, we'd have to walk three minutes uh, down this pathway, past South Common Community Center, past the South Common bus terminal, where there would be all kinds of characters panhandling, asking for food, all kinds of shit, bus money, whatever. And we would go through these doors, and down below, right as soon as you went down the staircase, was the food court. I remember there was a place called A1 Donuts there, and this has nothing to do with it, but I remember A1 Donuts was there. It was run by a guy who was missing a finger. And I remember he used to scare the shit out of the kids when he'd ask for money. He'd hold his hand out to get paid at the cash register and just bam, no index finger. And you would just hear kids just run out screaming. And I remember that guy. And then I remember there was a pizza pizza subway there as well as a couple Chinese food restaurants. And me and my friends would just go in there, sit down. We would have we would all choose one thing to eat, whether it was pizza, whether it was a sub, whether it was A1 Donuts, Patty on a Bun. That was their signature food. And we would sit there and just talk about the dirtiest shit. We were dumb teenagers. We were whatever. And I remember there was a security guard there who was – we don't know how old he was. Like when, when you're a teenager and you see adults – a 20-year-old may as well be 67. You have no concept of time and age at that point because you're just so tiny. And I remember we're at we're 14, 15. I was, maybe, I was maybe in grade 10. And I remember one day we're just cursing up a storm at our, at our table in the food court. And the security guy walks up, ponytail, all kinds of shit. He's balding a little bit, but he had, this pon- he had this weird bald ponytail, like a skullet ponytail. And he kicks us right out. Says, get out. You're banned for a month. And I think we flipped him off or some shit. And he's like, okay, well, you're banned for two months. So we're leaving. And instead of just taking it in stride, going home, brown bagging our lunch with PB&J for eight weeks, we fucking storm back in. We go, you know what? No, we're not getting kicked out like a bunch of prissy brats. Sit down at the table <laughs> and just stay there. We, we, we were late for class. We were like, we're not, we're not leaving here until you lift this ban. And the guy fucking lifted it. <laughs> we didn't get what we want. We stormed in to protest, and the guy lifted the ban. Like, not like, where's your integrity, sir? It, it, it was stupid that he he banned us. Like, you have people outside smoking crack out of Fanta cans in the bus terminal. You you don't need. To pick on a bunch of teens, but yeah, we were stupid for doing that. We 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 were ignorant brats, <laughs> spoiled brats. Uh, I don't know why. I I I thought that. Look, I'm I'm a pretentious fuck. I tell these stories thinking that they're going to be you know rightful, good, creative transitions into something else. 
it's not the the story. It really has nothing to do with anything. Um, I was supposed to make that. I don't know. It it was supposed to be a weird reflection of the people storming the Capitol building. It was supposed to be in relation to that <laughs> for some reason. Um, me and my friends storming back into a mall because we were banned to protest, I guess. And we had a sit-in protest at a food court table, and it was stupid. But again, like, no, it worked out. And I will say to my friends, if they're listening, uh, brothers, I promise you, Manchu Walk will be ours when we reach Valhalla. Manchu Walk is a popular Canadian Chinese food chain. Still haven't decided whether or not it was good. They, they did have good sweet and sour chicken. It would have been more effective if one of us lit ourselves on fire during that protest. Preferably one of my friends who I was not a fan of and I still don't talk to to this day. <laughs> if he had just lit his if he lit himself as a martyr on fire in protest, I would have respected him more. That's a wild time, man. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what I was supposed to. This was supposed to be a transition into the Capitol building thing. I don't know what the fuck to say. I think it's a disgrace what happened. But there's nothing original that I'm gonna say that other people haven't said. Like what what the, the guy who was taking the podium out? What why did you need Nancy Pelosi's podium? Do you miss Alex Trebek that much that you're just gonna sit? You're just gonna you're just gonna stand in your living room dressed in a suit with a mustache and fucking recreate Jeopardy as a 45-year-old man-child. That guy did look strangely like William H. Macy. So that's what he's been doing while his wife's in prison. I just wanted to get this... this podium. I just... I, just, I wanted the fucking podium. That, that was my William H. Macy. It is terrible. Mind you, I think my M&M is decent, though. I think my M&M is very good. I could be delusional, but I think my William H. Macy, it's, it's an, no dice, no dice. I'll, I'll call it right here. No, but what happened, it was, it was fucked up. There's nothing I'm going to say about it that, that a million other people fighting each other on Twitter haven't said already. Uh, it was just the, the world's largest gathering of people who have been smacked up by bar security. Like anytime, any of those guys that you saw in those photos, just put them, put that same person in a bar. It, it's every guy you've ever seen a door guy at a pool hall punch in the face <laughs> or throw out onto the curb. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't like it. That's what I said. I denounce, I denounce what happened at the Capitol building. Even though I'm a Canadian, I denounce what happened. <laughs> And Trump's banned from Twitter. Everybody's all up in arms about that. And again, as a guy, I don't like Donald Trump. I I, I don't think he's a good dude at all. Um, I know I've said that. I said that in a very broy way. Like, yeah, I don't think he's that rad, man. No, but I don't like him. I've never really liked him at all. Um, but yeah, the whole Twitter ban thing. I am uh, I am mixed on it in a lot of ways. What the fuck is going on upstairs? Is there a thunderstorm? 
Is there a domestic dispute? What is happening? If you guys can pick that up, that's rumbling from upstairs. I don't know. Somebody's somebody's rolling up a body. No, but I, I am mixed on the whole Twitter ban thing because, like, again, I am anti-Trump or I don't like Trump. But I'm also, as a comic and as a person, I'm anti-censorship. Unless you are inciting violence explicitly, which it doesn't look good on Trump's end. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm mixed on this whole the, the social media banning thing. Of course, they're a private company. Of course, they can do whatever the fuck they want. We're just hearing that. But they, it's a little more than a private company. It's not this frivolous thing that just exists that people have fun on. It literally has the power to pit people against each other with all these fucking algorithms. And I think it's it's terrifying. And I have a Twitter account. I don't really use it. But to anybody, I will say this, to anybody who is concerned about the influence and the power that Twitter has, I'm telling you this right now. This is my this is my solution. This is my best solution that I can come up with. And that is get the fuck off of Twitter. Leave that site. Leave Facebook. It's just the same. Leave Twitter. You can still go on Instagram and post the pictures of you pregnant at a sunset, but fucking leave Twitter. Get off of that shit. Go outside. Go for a walk. Pet a strange puppy. Go buy a popsicle. Just get off of Twitter. I have enough of a rant about social media to fill four podcast episodes. I, I left Facebook. I'm done with Facebook. I deactivated my account this summer. Haven't been back on since. Other than to retrieve the photo, which is the cover for my podcast. That was the only time I went back on. No, but I'm uh, I'm I'm mixed on the whole Twitter banning censorship anything, you know. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around something that's that powerful where at any moment they just with a click of the button, you are silenced. It's just a it's a fucking crazy thing. And to some people, it may sound like I'm being passive. To me, it sounds like I just sound like a person who has not made their fucking mind up yet and needs some time. But get off Twitter. Go outside. Meditate. Do your thing. Listen to Talib Kweli and Most Def. Some, some shit with some soul and vibe out. That's what the guy I used to work in a warehouse used to say. Just vibe out. Vibe out. Fucking relax. I don't know what the Donald's going to do now that he's off Twitter. Uh, I do know for a fact that uh, Hotmail uh, MSN Messenger stock is about to shoot up dramatically. He's probably coming up with a Hotmail account as we speak. Uh, Doneasy underscore Treasy 06. I had a bunch of weird MSN names when I was a kid. I had, uh, when I was a teenager, I had crazy underscore Alex at Hotmail. And then I had, and then I got tired of that because it just seemed so juvenile. And I got tired of being 16 and saying to girls, yeah, crazy underscore Alex is my MSN. They're like, well, what are you? It's so immature. Like, what do you play? Starcraft or something? Yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. And uh, I just wiped out a whole Zerg colony this weekend. What have you achieved, madam? I mean, to you, at school, I am a loser. But online, I am a hero. I am a war hero. I am a star. I am a star warrior.
Yeah, and then I uh, switched it to Alex underscore DeWitt 69 at Hotmail.com. Because if there's anything that says to uh, the chicks that, hey, I'm a ladies' man, it's that. It's explicitly telling them, look, yeah, I got 69 in my hot. Any, anybody who has 69 in any email address, in any profile name, that might, exi- that might be a guy you want to speak to just to hear what's going on in their heads, but it's not a guy you want to date. I mean, if you're a journalist, do an op-ed on them. Just talk to them. So what inspired you to put 69 in your hotmail? Um, are you just, did you just one day say, fuck it, I, I want every woman who talks to me to smack me in the face? Why are you such a masochist? 69. I'm still waiting on the results from my COVID test. I got it done almost a week ago. I have no results. I got to call them when the weekend's finished because this is unacceptable. I got it done on Monday, last Monday. It is now Sunday. (laughs) I'm still at my parents' place because I I can't move. I guess I can. I'm going to go back this week to my apartment, but I've been here for two weeks. I've been here for two weeks. Going well, I've been here for a while. You know, back going back and forth. But the last two weeks, I've been here just because my mom and my sister they tested positive for COVID, and I had to get tested. My dad had to get tested. My sister had to get tested. And both of my 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 mom and sister tested positive. My dad and my youngest sister tested negative. So I'm the tiebreaker. Are we a healthy family or a family that has to have more antioxidants? What's going on? No, but I did the test. It took me five minutes. I was anticipating to be there. Uh, I was anticipating an hour and a half wait time, but I I drove in, drove out. The guy stuck the Q-tip down my nose, hit my brain, and then went back into his little cubicle thingy in his little tent. And I want to know what he did with my DNA. I'm very, I, I'm normally not a conspiracy guy, but I want to know what he did to it. Where is my snot? No, I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I'm now getting paranoid that I was tested by a guy who's not even a doctor. He's just some dude, some rogue scientist who's been kicked out of every academy, every university. And he infiltrated this COVID testing site, took the DNA of me and a bunch of innocent people, and he now just has it in a jar somewhere, sitting next to his mother's shrunken head. Next five months, I'm just going to see a clone of mine walking around. There's going to be friends of mine. Hey, Alex, I saw you at the supermarket, and you hit me in the face with a cucumber. What was, what, why? And why were your eyes green? Anyways, uh, I hope I'm well. Something's Off Podcast, Instagram. This is my longest recording, by the way. Longest recording yet. Something's Off Podcast, Instagram. Don't forget to follow everybody. You can get me on Twitter uh, for now uh, until I get rid of it completely. I am a hypocrite for telling people to get off Twitter, and I still have an account that's running. 
don't know, I haven't used it in a while. Whatever the fuck, okay? Take my advice, don't take my advice. I don't give a shit. Decadus. 